0: Welcome to You're the Boss, a mantra for anyone who's ever had to face their own fears, struggles, and even failures. Join host Larry Roberts for a deep dive into overcoming limiting beliefs and identifying where our pasts can shape us rather than define us to build a lifestyle and business filled with passion and purposeful leadership. You're the Boss will bring you proven techniques and mind shifts to help you achieve your goals and build your best life. Now your host, Larry Roberts.
1: Today I've got somebody that's going to talk to us about uh, not just our physical prowess, but our spiritual and mental prowess as well. Dr. Fred D. Domenico began as a chiropractor and transitioned into a self-empowerment and business coach by trade. Through his experience in chiropractic and as demonstrated by his ability to usher in dramatic positive changes in the lives of the chiropractors he coaches, Dr. Fred has been recognized as a healing and inspirational force in the lives of thousands. His book, You Are More Powerful Than You Think, is the culmination of his soul-inspired persistence, skillful training, life experience, his calling in helping others realize who they truly are from the inside out, and how they can realize their best selves and take their rightful place in the world, Doctor Fred.
2: Hey, thank you so much for that introduction. We need to hang out more often, man. I want to get—I want to get a copy of that because you wrote that way better than anything that I ever write. So we're gonna to have to exchange.
1: You'd be amazed at how many voiceover gigs I get just from doing the introductions of people to the podcast. So it does happen. Yeah
2: awesome. <laughs> love it, man. We're Appreciate best. It. You're my new best friend right now.
1: Appreciate it, man. That's my goal is to establish relationships <laughs> with everybody that comes on the show. You know, it's, you it's so fun because po- that's what podcasting for me is all about. It sets up a forum where I can meet people like you that I would never have the opportunity to meet in any other setting. And we can have this conversation we're about to have on a level that we never would have had it before. And that is the power of a podcast. So I, I oh, love yeah. doing it.
2: So well, it's a great opportunity, so I appreciate being on here.
1: Yeah, man, most definitely. Tell us more about you. I mean, the introduction was fairly thorough, but, I mean, you could say it better than I ever could.
2: Well, everybody cares more not what you do, but who you are and why you do it, right? And that and that's what touches people. So uh, my first memory was coming out of darkness into light. No, just kidding. <laughs> but I knew from a young, no, I I knew from a young age that I was here to do something, but I didn't know what. And I think people innately do that, right? They know they're here for something, but and then they may spend the rest of their lives trying to figure out what it is. Sure. So when I found chiropractic, the funny thing is, I was raised Catholic, so we're very religious in church. But I was raised with a relationship at home. I mean, we just prayed for everything, right? So. When I was in undergraduate school, I'm like, what do I, I don't know what I want to do. I was a pre-med, but I didn't really agree with drugs and surgery. And I was praying, God show me what to do, and I got a pamphlet from chiropractic school. And I I'd never been a chiropractor. I threw it away. Chiropractors are stupid. They don't, have anything, right? <laughs> and then I got a second one. Now, nah, these guys are dumb. And then I got a third one. And and my belief system is whenever I'm praying for something and something happens three times, God's talking to me. So I just went and enrolled in chiropractic school. I didn't even know what chiropractic was, but I had three pamphlets. (laughs) I lived by faith and so I got into chiropractic and then I found out once I got there, spine and nervous system is a foundation of health and life in the body, right? So spinal structure determines how the spinal cord works which carries energy from the brain and the organs. So I saw chiropractic as a healthcare system. So when I taught my patients this and then I learned how to fix the spine, people would come to me with diseases, medical leftovers. They didn't want to be on drugs. And I would fix their spine, and their diseases would clear up. I mean, I had HIV patients, and I would watch cancer tumors fall off their skin, people with asthma and eczema and, you know, MS. And, and it was, you know, people that were deaf that would get their hearing back. I mean, I could go over and over and over because you restore their nervous system, primary energy that makes your organs work. And so, people, my patients would always say, and to me, that I felt like that's why I came in this life. And patients would say, "You know, Dr. Fred, you're always so happy and positive because you know what your purpose is." And and here was the sad part is then they would say, "I don't know what my purpose is," and they would look bummed, and I would feel this compassion. But then I figured, well, if you don't know what it is, then tell people about chiropractic, right? And that's how I built a big practice. But then my second marriage, there's, there's a keyword right there, second. <laughs> my wife actually was diagnosed with breast cancer. Chemo radiation didn't work. And three weeks before she passed, it's about a year and a half process. She, after, after I remember looking at a bone scan after chemo radiation didn't work and seeing these tumors riddled throughout her body mm-hmm. through her liver and her pelvis and her spine and up in her brain and all over the place. And I remember she's not going to make it. And she decided that's it. I'm done. So three weeks before she died, she was in the bathtub and she was taking a bath and we were planning her life service. It was a life celebration, not a funeral. Sure. And, um, all of a sudden she paused and she started howling, crying. I, I don't mean crying. I mean sobbing, howling, just like a light switch. Yeah. And of course I said, sweetheart, what's wrong? And the next word she said changed m- the rest of my life. And she said, I don't know if I did what I was supposed to do in this life. And the weight of the universe fell on my shoulders and on my heart of sadness. That here's a person at the end of their life and they don't believe they d- they fulfilled what they were supposed to do. And, and then in the next moment, there was this contrast that I was living my purpose. And so a very loud voice in my head, like I'm talking to you, said, I don't want anybody in my life to ever say those words to me again. Yeah. And that was a life changing moment. So a few weeks later, she passed. And I began on this accelerated, that was like a catalyst, an accelerated spiritual evolution. Not because I wanted to go out and change the world, I was way more selfish than that. Now I've been divorced, now I'm widowed. I just wanna have someone that I can have the most amazing marriage with. And if I'm gonna attract the most amazing woman, I have to be the most amazing man. And I knew there was things that I had to resolve within myself. And so I began on this spiritual journey more accelerated than five years later. Was, and now I'm coaching doctors at this time, not practicing, but coaching because I coach chiropractors. Now uh-huh. I was thinking of this six step rehab system that I could trademark and put into people's offices that would fix spines and help sick people. And the acronym heals fell on me. And then I started getting these visions. It wasn't health at all it was a spiritual evolution of, for people helping to f- tap into their innate divinity, clear the pain of their past, and find and live their sole purpose. And so I had no idea what it stood for. I mean, I got the, the acronym and the names of, of the steps, but I didn't know what the steps were. Mm-hmm. I just started writing. And I would pray and I'd meditate and I used, you know, spirituality is, is I'd already been on that journey, but, you know, you have all these leaders, Deepak Chopra, Marion Williamson, you know, Neil Donald Walsh, and, you know, you can name them all, but they're all like a di- like an Ikea diagram, an exploded view. You have all these puzzle pieces, or it's like a Rubik's Cube, you know, like a Rubik's Cube. Someone hands you a cube and you're twisting around, but you have no idea what the formula is. Right. But once you get the formula, man, like whoop, 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 and it's all put together, right? And that's what healed was. It was the formula for people to be able to raise their consciousness, take all these sources, put it into a step-by-step system where you didn't have to know anything. You didn't have to be anything. You just had to follow the steps, and you could raise your consciousness, tap into who God created you to be, and find and live your sole purpose.
1: Man, so much to unpack in the story you just shared there. And (laughs) uh, honestly, it's, it's... it's, it's not one that many can relate to. I mean, uh, that is one hell of a catalyst to kickstart you on your current journey. And you, you seem to be doing phenomenally well with that catalyst. I, I know, though, that each of us throughout our lives have some sort of catalyst moment. You know, mine was when I almost checked out from alcoholism. You know, I think we're going on, it was 13. So coming up on, what, seven or eight years now, uh, eight years now, I guess this year. I was sitting on the couch that's still in my living room to this day and I had been on about a two-week bender and, but I'd been fighting alcoholism for years and years and years but in 13, yeah. it was just really ridiculous and got way out of hand. I'd already been in the hospital once that year and back in July of that year and now here it is November. I'd probably been out of work for at least two weeks, maybe three and all I'm taking in is gin and occasional special K breakfast drinks that came right back up and uh, you would think that I'm just, I'm just done. It's over. It's, it, it, you know, just go ahead and, and, and write, write me off. But similar to your experience with the voice, there was a voice very audibly in my head. And if I get too jacked up, I'll start crying about it again. Cause it's so, it's so messed up because it's so legit and not many people can relate, but it was such a massive catalyst. And the voice told me, if you don't get help today, I don't know how I had this moment of clarity. It makes no sense. Because there was no clarity in my life or in my head or anywhere in my body at the time. But I had this moment of clarity. And it said, get help now or tomorrow's not happening. It's that simple. It was just that clear, Dr. Fred. I'm telling you. And you can relate. And I reached out to my homeboy, Kenny. And I said, hey, bro, I need help. Uh, It's over if if I don't get help today. And uh, I don't know how much time passed. It was a couple of hours. And before you know it, he'd already jumped into action, made the connections that needed to be made. They had made the phone calls that needed to be made. And my buddy, Kenny, and my wife, Tracy, she shows up at the crib, snags me up, rushes me off to this rehab facility, Uh, one of the best rehab facilities in the country. Uh, Certain things had fallen into a place that had allowed me to even be able to afford to go to this rehab place because I should not have had the money, but certain things fell into place, and I just happened to have the money to be able to attend this phenomenal rehab facility. I get there, and I can't even stay. They can't stabilize my vitals. I'm too far freaking gone. So here's the guy that goes to rehab and immediately gets rushed off in an ambulance to the hospital. So, needless to say, about a week and a half later, I come back from the hospital and I still spend another week in the internal recovery room of the rehab facility. And of course, everybody that's there that's still there is like, "Oh, here's the dude that ran out on the you know on the on the stretcher. He wasn't able. I mean, I was that jacked up." But since then, I've totally recovered, and I I don't even consider myself in recovery. I know some alcoholics, and I support that, whatever it takes for you to to find your clarity. Uh, But me personally, it's been my mission to tell people and let people know that those moments, they don't define you. It's what you do after the fact, and it's how you find that clarity. And it's that catalyst that you're talking about that drives us forward, and it's so amazing to hear you, and I thank you for sharing the very emotional story that you shared about your your wife and how that motivated you to do what you're doing today. So for that, I thank you very much.
2: Hey, my pleasure. And you know, H and heal starts with honor God within yourself. And in the first chapter of the Bible, Genesis one twenty seven, we were created in the likeness and image. And then it says later how we're created. God's spirit is within us, and it's and that's the thing is. The presence of God is never absent. It's only if we hear His voice. So it's our consciousness that's the thing. He never, God never walks away from us, and we actually can't walk away from Him. And this is the the fault I believe in religion. You can't be separated because your spirit, that voice in you, is your spirit talking to you, because you are always connected. And I find that the more pain that we believe we're in because of the things that we think happened to us, and in, in Psalm uh, 139.6, I'll paraphrase, God says, I knew you before you were in the womb. Mm-hmm. And I'm paraphrasing, I counted the days for you. For you, not to you. And so imagine if we have a partnership with God we pick our life. Like, imagine, and this may be hard to understand, but imagine looking at the life, you're a spirit, you're in the spirit world, you're in heaven, and you see the trailer of what you're going to go through, like a movie trailer?
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Now, to a spirit, human pain, we're divinity living in humanity. That's not, the. it's not that a, a spirit doesn't care as much about the human pain. Our human mind cares a lot, obviously. But imagine if we have spiritual consciousness, our spirit comes here to evolve. And through our human experience, and that's why we always seek consciousness of ourselves. So so imagine if you can actually have that reference point where take let's take somebody like you. You were you used a substance to bury your pain almost to the point of your death. Sure. That is power. Yeah. You're a powerful individual. Imagine what happens when you focus on something positive. <laughs> yeah, things are
1: going pretty good these days.
2: Yeah, right. So, so the worst addict is actually the most powerful person. They're just focused on their pain. They let their experiences become their identity. And this is where the healed program starts. How do you see yourself as a spirit having a human experience, rather than a human trying to seek spiritual experiences. And once you gain that reference point, man, then you look at your life and you realize, wow, Every experience, the, the biggest pain gave me the greatest gift. My biggest, I, we've all had a lot of separate pains, right? Sure. I mean, my, you know, to share this, uh, when I was in seventh grade, my best friend who I trusted with my life tried to have, uh, tried to sexually molest me. You know, it's like, we all have these things that happen, right? And I carried that shame around for, for a while, but. But the bottom line is when you see my greatest pain was watching my wife take her last breath. Exponentially greater than anything else.
1: Can't even imagine. And
2: I've been and I've been an entrepreneur for over thirty years, right? There's a lot of pain. <laughs> There's a
1: lot of pain there, sure. There's sure. a lot of
2: pain there, right? But that was almost logarithmically greater. But I would not be here with this message talking to you today if I didn't go through that. The lives of millions of people around the world will be changed. And that's what I always say. She didn't know her purpose then, but maybe her purpose was to leave the impression on me, so I can be the messenger. Maybe this was her purpose.
1: Yeah, and the message is is infinitely powerful, and it can speak to so many people because again, we all have that catalyst. And although it may not be, or it may not seem as as traumatic or it may not be as traumatic, uh, but we still have that catalyst. How do we recognize that? How do we look at that? How are we able to maybe step back and look and recognize the catalyst in our own lives?
2: Well, I always say, you know, God is all around you. It's whether or not you're tuned in. So sometimes, and the way humans work, is to make a change in your life, you have to reach that point where you say, I'm done. That's where you would, it was a voice, whether it's someone else, you know, you come to that day where you go, that's it. Now, fortunately or unfortunately we can take a lot of pain. Okay. We can (laughs) take a lot of pain and we can go to the bottom of the barrel and rub our face in the muck at the bottom. And sometimes that's what it takes for you to be able to look up, you know, whether it's fortunate or unfortunate, most of our greatest lessons aren't through pleasure, they're through pain.
1: No, all growth, I mean, I I firmly believe all growth is through pain of some sort.
2: Yeah, and you know, emotional pain is worse, we can tolerate physical pain. So at some point you gotta decide when is it enough and nobody else can decide that for you when you say I'm done. But when, I just did a whole video on this yesterday, God gives you the most powerful tool ever that can change the whole universe, and that's your mind. If you focus on pain, you will totally self-destruct. When you make a decision, and you make a must decision, when you truly decide, part of deciding is cutting off all other possibilities. The universe, God will conspire to make it happen because that's who we are. Whether you want to call it the law of attraction or whatever they talk about on The Secret, when you make a decision the power of your mind to change your life and have the whole universe conspire around you. That's who you are. And that's the power that we have. That's why you are more powerful than you think. You have the power to change everything around you in an instant, in a moment. Tony Robbins says that a decision is made in a moment. It may take 20 years to get to that moment. But when you get there, it's like what you said now, I have a story I just want to tell real quick. Sure. I was working my way through through uh, undergraduate school in bars, and this was back in the early 80s. So, you know, cocaine was rampant. So I, you know, I was introduced to cocaine, and then, of course, I was on a student loan budget, so that was too expensive, so I had to go to Crystal Meth. And so and so there I was one summer morning, and uh, I, I was up all night because I did a bunch of methadrine bartending. Couldn't really sleep. And I woke up in the morning closing all the drapes because I knew there was tons of people outside trying to get me. And I stopped in the middle of my living room and I said, I'm having paranoid schizophrenic delusions right now. I'm getting brain damage from methadrine. And then I said, wait a minute, I'm going to be a chiropractor. I can't do this. And I said, you know what? I'm done. And I didn't even, at that point, you are physiologically addicted. That would be someone that would have to go in the hospital and literally be nursed through the detox. I never had one symptom. I just said, God, this is what I'm going to do. I'm done. And I prayed. I never had one withdrawal symptom. Never went back again. Wow. That's the power of a decision.
1: And, And, you know, I'll speak to that as well. Because while I went to rehab, my wife and I, my wife and I both were alcoholics. Now, she wasn't off the deep end quite as far as I was, but she definitely had her own battle that she was fighting. And while I was in the facility, she made the decision to quit with no facility, with no outside help, with no medication. I go to the facility for seven weeks, come out. I'm on medication for years after the fact. Matter of fact, I just quit taking all the medication. January 4th of this year was the last time I took any of the medication. I said, I'm out because that also coincides with when I left my 21-year career at the same company knew I couldn't quit the drug. So I was still there, man. So I, <laughs> but as soon as I stepped out, man, I, I dumped the drug, everything and, and got clean. But this goes back to your point in that she made that decision and she did it without going to therapy, without going to rehab, without the assistance of medication. She's that powerful. She's that strong. She made the decision and she stepped out in her own power and she hasn't had a lick since either. So uh, both right there it, it relates to exactly what you're saying or I can relate to exactly what you're saying
2: Is't that amazing you know I saw this documentary on addiction years ago and they were interviewing these people that were clean and sober and so you know they would tell their story he goes oh yeah man I've been in and out of rehab four times and then and then because I, and they would admit because I didn't really want to quit or I couldn't get through my pain or whatever the sure. reason was but all of them said when I decided, I quit without rehab. They, they hit that line. Yeah. And I'm not saying that everybody needs to do that.
1: No, you no, know? it doesn't work it's for like, everybody. Like
2: if you have to go to rehab, go to rehab, man. Got to go to AA, go to AA. You know, take the step, but it's that decision. Yeah. You don't have to do it that way. You have the power if you want. Some people will, some people won't. Doesn't matter. The point is that day will come when you say I'm done.
1: Yeah, yeah. I will admit that it caused some strife in the house. Cause, uh, you know, after I got home, she's like, you know, she might've called me some effeminate words, uh, upon my return. Just, you know, there was some adjustment going on there between the two of us getting yeah, back together. She's like, you had to go to a freaking rehab and I did it on my own. You're a... so yeah, there was some, there was some struggles there, but again, she's a super strong woman. She's very amazing, but. It's why don't... you
2: respect her also, right? Yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly. A hundred percent. And. Uh, it, it made us stronger in that regard. but yeah, it, different methodologies work for different people and different people have different catalysts and recognize that cat recognizing that catalyst and doing whatever you need to do to make that decision to overcome whatever pain it is that you're dealing with or overcome whatever addiction. I didn't mean to go down the addiction route necessarily with this. Uh, but it, it's it's all pain and it's all dealing with your your mental and your spiritual health because there's a battle being fought that's driving you down that path in the first place? How do you take control and then change gears?
2: Well, and I also think today that that uh, spiritual grounding and rooting is so important because the, the where the world's going today is not necessarily in favor of the health and spirituality of people. And it takes courage to follow your heart because people feel things in their heart of where they should go, but then they go in their mind and it might be a hard path. Yeah. Yeah. The path to your purpose or the path to to the life that you are called to live, the one that you chose to live before you came here may not be the easiest path, but it may be, it probably will be the most fulfilling. And so not everybody's going to like you. And so the problem is, you know, we don't want to create strife. We don't want confrontation. I don't want to make people feel uncomfortable, yet your heart is calling you in a different direction. And it takes courage and faith and a spiritual grounding and rooting to follow your heart when other people aren't going that way.
1: Yeah, it's extremely tough. And especially with the constant bombardment that we're getting every day of so many mixed messages and so many mixed influences and so many... Oh, if I wasn't too paranoid, I'd say agenda-based <laughs> inputs, but it's, it's very difficult to maintain that spiritual and mental integrity in the environment that we're living in today.
2: Yeah. Well, I would also say, you know, there's so much information and they may call it misinformation. Why do things change? Why was it one way last week and it's a different way this week? So I'll say one thing that I hope people can take to heart. Truth has no contradiction. So if you're noticing contradiction in the world, last month they said this. This month they're saying this. Well, the reason is they're saying, well, we have new information. No, the science and the truth has always been the same, right? The story mate is changing, but the truth has no contradiction. So if you're noticing contradiction, then I would question the message. Especially if you feel in your heart, it's not congruent with what you feel in your heart.
1: Well said, sir. Well said. So uh,
2: tell us more about your book. Oh, well, You're More Powerful Than You Think. It introduces the healed system, it takes you through the system. It's really like a life coaching system, it's very interactive. It gives you steps. You can go to You Are More Powerful. You spell it out, Y O U A R E, morepowerful.com. And uh, also I have a whole online system that can take you through the healed system. And when I, you know, I started writing in 2009, I was, I was coaching chiropractors then and I knew I had to live it, to write it, to teach it. So I have to be the first example and to be able to put in words, the difference that it made in my life, I would say I definitely became a more clear version of who God created me, me to be actually learned to love myself. Otherwise I wouldn't have been, you know, doing meth every day, you know, I actually learn to have inner peace and learn that our natural state is love, joy, and peace and learn how to have moments where I feel God presence and um, God consciousness. And if we can have moments, we can turn it into a lifestyle. So I started teaching it immediately in the boot camps. And what I noticed in the doctors, when I gave them a stronger spiritual foundation, help them clear of their limiting beliefs, their practices and their businesses grew so fast because everything we're doing is based on our level of consciousness. And many people have become very successful, financially successful, financially independent. But you know what they'll say is the money isn't what means the most. Their marriage is better. They talk to their kids differently because they're at a different level of consciousness They don't worry about small things anymore. They don't get upset about things outside of them because they're so grounded and rooted in what's inside of them. And then they begin to see with insight, not with eyesight. Because if we look at eyesight, that's all the stuff going on in the world. But when we see with insight, we create our world. And we see the goodness that is around us everywhere, every day. We see God's presence in everywhere we look. And that is invaluable.
1: It definitely is. That's, that's amazing. So you are more powerful than you think is the name of the book, correct? Correct. And you are more where you can find out more information about the book and Dr. Fred D. Domenico, man, Dr. Fred, thank you so much. Again, what you shared today went a lot deeper than I ever anticipated. And I, I really thank you. I, I truly do. Thank you for sharing your amazing story and the insight that it provided you with and I, I think we all need to step back at times and try to recognize that catalyst if it's not obvious and you know what I, I wonder if the catalyst isn't obvious is it really the catalyst you know do we really need to search for a catalyst or is it just like hey dude this is the catalyst if it is it just that apparent
2: you know what i mean well and some people are ready for it it could be the catalyst but that opportunity passes by because you haven't said i'm done yet
1: yeah, but yeah. when
2: you when that real, when the real when the last one's about to happen, you'll say I'm done, right? That was what oh, was you definitely like. will. <laughs> yeah. You and definitely will. You do. Otherwise, yeah. it's not going to be good. <laughs>
1: yeah, regrettably, some people don't, and uh, thankfully, I did. So yes, again, Dr. Fred, I appreciate it so much.
2: Thank you, much appreciated. Uh, I love you. You're just an amazing guy, and uh, you know, thank you for your transparency. And truly, you could tell you're just an open-hearted, very loving person. And uh, so thank you for that.
1: Wow. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm going to release this one now. It was going to be seven <laughs> or eight weeks before it drops, but it's dropping tomorrow. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to another awesome episode of the podcast. Dr. Fred really brought it today. And hopefully it gives you the opportunity to kind of do a little soul searching, kind of look inside and see is your catalyst. Have you already seen it? And are you ignoring it? Or is it time to take action and put that into play? So until next week, I'll talk to you then.
0: You've just listened to You're the Boss with Larry Roberts. Join us for our next episode where we help you achieve your goals and live your absolute best life. Be sure to subscribe, connect, and share. Until next time, remember, you're the boss.